Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom from Jerusalem. This is Watchmen Talk, a series of conversations with Israeli military and security experts and practitioners. I am Amir Oren, and our guest uh, today is retired Major General Eitan Dangot. Hi. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Uh, we will have uh, a two-part conversation. In the first part, uh, we will focus on your career as an artillery officer and in the uh, home front command and then we will move uh, to your higher positions uh, in the defense minister's office and as the coordinator of government uh, uh, affairs and policies in the territories. So first of all, welcome again. Thank you. You know, in many uh, Western and even other armies, the artillery corps is one of uh, the uh, best thought of and proudest branches. And it so happens that uh, in the Israeli defense forces, mostly the infantry, especially the paratroops, and uh, special operations uh, forces uh, get the best quality in recruits, and their officers are always positioned uh, to get uh, to uh, higher command. Why is that? I think we are touching here a point which is connected to the history if you're looking of the former wars, first uh, World War, second over the area of Europe, for example, you see that the artillery was, was one of the main corps that influenced and impact the, the battlefield. On the other hand, when you're looking in a very short way of uh, answer, if you're looking on Israel since 48, the battlefield has been in uh, hand by hand. You see the enemy to your face. It does not mean that it was not like this in some occasions in the in Europe. Close but, combat. But in Israel, it has the first and the main meaning for it. So I think it's a first answer is a way of culture and traditional way of thinking. I think that from the establishment of Israel as a state, if you are looking about the history of the artillery corps, it has been changed dramatically since uh, a supply uh, their fire to the infantry, to the tanks on the battlefield. And since I was even a young captain, commander of a battery in Beirut, I had, I think, the right to participate with the paratroopers brigade while we landed in Beirut and not far from Beirut in the uh, hourly. In, uh, in 1982. 1982. And we were entering to the north towards Beirut in a very close uh, direct fire, even we were artillery, etc. But when you're looking about the battlefield today, when you're looking about the needs and the use, first of all, of the arsenal of weapon system, you identify that the accurate 
uh, fire is one of the main things that you need. Secondly, the weight of the fire attack before the maneuvering and together with the maneuvering has a lot of, uh, I think, impact about many things to reach your goal. So in many ways, artillery today, modern artillery, uh, precision-guided munitions, this is army aviation. Yes, it's, but on the other hand, I would also to add what I started before, that in my opinion, if you're looking about specifically about Israel, and I'm telling it with full of uh, respect to my colleagues from the infantry, I think that there is kind of a close way, not going outside of the box. Even though artillery officers, when you become a major, you're always looking about the area one step before the others. And if you are looking about to handle such kind of on the division level, of a common level, the artillery officer has a lot of knowledge by using together the both things, the fire with the maneuvering. But on the other end, I think that the Israeli concept and the fact that the many of the prime ministers, ministers of defense were coming from the infantry branch, from special commando, that was uh, our, made the kind that they are ever maybe a frightened to take the risk. And we saw how many discussions were here in Israel while the commander of the Air Force, Major General Dan Halutz, uh, Lieutenant General Dan Halutz, became the chief of defense staff. And even today, I don't think it will be accepted. But if you ask me, I think that there are very talented uh, high senior officers from the artillery that can be on the first line to become chief of defense staff and other kind of positions. Now, you did not uh, decide uh, when you uh, enlisted in the Israeli Defense Forces in 1978, you did not decide on uh, a career um, as, um, as an officer. Uh, you wanted to be a pilot, uh, first of all. Is that right? Yeah. At the beginning, I went with whatever was invited to a pilot course. It was like an honor. It was not like today. You, if you are not being in a level, an area of a military atmosphere, I quite didn't have a lot of knowledge. So I went to first to a pilot course to a very limited and short time. From there, I came to the artillery corps. I didn't plan it. Even if you ask me that time, I always signed for year to year to continue my service in the IDF. Most of it was before, because of the way I was educated and I adopted my way of thinking about the needs to serve as the, in the IDF is a right to do it, to defend the civilian of Israel. And secondly, as more as you are going, you feel a duty to your soldiers, to your area, to be with them and to lead them and to be their commander in a way that you continue. The first time I signed more than a year was when I was sent to my first BA degrees in Barilan University. I studied uh, economy with computers and that I have to sign more. Looking at it, uh, not uh, from the point of view of the individual, but rather from the system's point of view, the IDF and perhaps Israel in general um, are losing a lot of talent because it is very random. You recounted at one time how 
having been washed out of uh, the uh, uh, Air Academy, uh, you consulted uh, a friend who by chance uh, told you uh, perhaps it is better for you uh, to uh, choose artillery rather than infantry. Now, um, some of your contemporaries who went to the infantry brigade became major generals and one of them even uh, chief of staff, lieutenant general. On the other hand, uh, artillery officers, even though many of them are former cadets in the Air Force and were sent to the artillery because they were considered smart enough uh, to uh, take over a very technical uh, branch, did not go uh, too high in the service. So it's a waste if you look at uh, it from the point of view of uh, the system, especially since we know that in the police or in Shabak or in Mossad, such officers reached the highest positions. Yes, sometimes you cannot do against anything concerning what you choose and you begin. But on the other end, I think that from the 90s, you can identify that in the IDF as a let's say, become a change in concept of thinking. It comes from high leaders. If I, I may not mistake, it was led by Ehud Barak as a chief of defense staff because the artillery officer has been appreciated by their colleagues and their understanding. But I still think that there is a kind of, you can call it a lose or waste of people that really can do it much more easy when they can enter to the, to the job. But on the other end, I quite think that today, choosing of the high-level senior officers for the main, uh, fulfill the main task at the IDF, even I will not, I will dare to say it has been to be changed the mechanism how they are, uh, to choose them, to look at them, to look them for the future. But you know, for tango, you need two. And you need a way that on the level of the politician will come minister of defense, will we'll have enough courage to be, to, in Israel it's a problem when you see thinking about one month, two years uh, from now, can come immediately a note that you are busy with a loud situation, but to build something that really is suited to the situation today. And I think we are losing many, uh, not even from the artillery, from other corps as well, that are not on the main core to look at them. And for the, for the others, it's much more easy to be identified by those who are taking the decisions. In addition to what you say about uh, those in key positions who are grooming uh, younger people who went uh, their own way, um, is because courage, uh, sacrifice, uh, the um, uh, willingness uh, to go into harm's way, uh, these are uh, traits, these are attributes which are considered more highly than brain power. Uh, isn't it time to change it when war first changed? There is a lot of sense about what you are talking. For this, you need to change the mechanism. And I think that the way, when you are looking about young officers, the way how we are testing them and decide, it's really very depth, a way of mechanism to work and to point of someone, he will go to this job or other job. When you are coming to the high level of the pyramid and you are looking, I think we are not making it in the depth that it should be done. 
it's like the politicians that are uh, become ministers, that's more easy. But if you're looking about a major general, I think should be a committee which will be near the chief of defense staff or the minister of defense, which will check and they don't have to decide, but they can bring their recommendations and they're looking about the large picture. But can you see the first military commander that will agree to give it and not to organize its own cabin around the table? We can see it in other uh, armies. Uh, The U.S. Army, for instance, has such a promotion board, and one uh, should not try to interfere from the outside. But as you say, Israeli generals uh, like to keep uh, this uh, power to themselves. And I think it's time really to sit because world is changing, technologies change, people are changed, the needs are changed. And I think that it's a, a card of owner when you are coming and they're trying to make such a change, even by making a pilot for some jobs. The artillery has been organized uh, in uh, batteries, battalions, and regiments. Only lately, one of the regiments uh, was renamed a brigade. But, but it's really regiments, and the expectation from very senior officers is that um, they would have commanded a brigade or at least a division, a level above brigade. And some artillery officers have made the effort at least to be in charge of a reserve division, if not a regular you one. You are talking with one that went to the chief of defense staff. That time was uh, Lieutenant General Bogi Alon, and we spoke about what can I do after being the deputy of the command of the Home Front Command? And I asked him to get a division. But that time, IDF closed three reserve divisions. It was a limit time that Israel changed the power, the building of the power. And he said, I'm sorry, everything is occupied and there is a, and you will have to wait. So we have to change. But of course, I think it's a part that is very necessary. This is exactly the point change that can bring artillery officer to be a real candidate for future important tasks. And I think that on the level of divisions, you can command and decide things as artillery officer. Let's say it with polite way, not less than infantry guy or other. And the way today that on the level of division, maneuvering a division with all the technology, I think even that artillery officer has advantage compared to other colleagues. And it should be even uh, like two or three of the division commanders should be from the artillery. And it creates a, a real way of mind thinking together, even sometimes tense between other options. You don't have to be based on the infantry level and you have to make it like a mix. Some artillery officers um, uh, want to become the chief artillery officer of their branch, a brigadier general. But you um, went uh, another route. Uh, You became a department chief um, in the general staff and you went to uh, the Netherlands as a defense attaché. Yeah. What did these two jobs uh, give you uh, in the way of viewpoints? I think that they have a, a very depth lack and owner 
to be voting or to, to be decided by that time chief of defense staff for these jobs. Because in a short way to answer you, when I sat on the table of the general staff with many of my colleagues and we spoke about the large IDF, I think that there was one between few only of those generals who understand what is building the forces, who understand what is using the fire, who understand according Israel position, the involvement of the of the suit together, the home front command with the offensive way you should take and to think about them together. When you're coming such senior officers and you know to take in your decision arsenal and you expand your way of understanding, I think the decision should be more difficult, but you will be much more close to the decision you should take under your responsibility. So the traditional system of uh, officers being in command of platoons, then companies or batteries, and then battalions, brigades, divisions, and only then coming to the general staff is wrong because they should be, even as majors or lieutenant colonels, section chiefs, branch chiefs. I, I really think like you, but and if you ask me, when you are taking a young officer and a very, uh, let's say, excellent officer on the combat field, but I think on, on when it's, you have to start it on a very young age. When you are a captain or a company commander, okay, after serving in the operational field, go and become a instructor in a special military school to bring your knowledge and give your brain the time to study more, then return to the operational field. So when you are climbing up, becoming a major and feels a, a task as operational officer in a brigade level like I did in the Golan Heights, and then as a lieutenant colonel, I think this is the real professional uh, military officers that you can build for the future. And for me also, being in a young age as 31, 32, a military attaché in the Netherlands, start the relations with NATO, uh, dealing with intelligence, naval issues, I think it was, for me, Ehud Barak told me when I returned, listen, you will, not get, you will not get a second degree from the IDF, but you made a degree for all your life for the experience you choose. And I think an officer should be fresh, should be studied, should be really involved in his mind, academy way, operational way, uh, instructor way. It gives him all the tools in the future to be better because it's a race not for two years, it's a race for 30, I served in the IDF 36 years. And I think that what I took with me, the way I, I didn't plan it like this. Some of them, it was like, I refused. I was also, also to be commander of the artillery corps and I was sent to the armed command and then I understand what a big present I got for my future understanding of things. So as you say, uh, you got your uh, first star, Brigadier General, rank as uh, the uh, uh, chief of staff or deputy chief of the home front uh, command. This was um, at the beginning of uh, the millennium, 9-11, uh, terror. Se second Gulf War. Yes. W with the increase of terror activities in the United States, September 11, and all the other things. What, what lessons did uh, Israel learn uh, from the first Gulf War in 91 
after which uh, it established the Home Front Command. And uh, what was your job? I think that Israel conclude on the first Gulf War that there is a change in the area. First of all, uh, using weapon system of the ballistic missile has become now one of the main tools by our enemies. Besides the fact that under such a small country and such a small area now when the ballistic and other kind of weapon systems are used by enemies, that the population area has become together with the combat unit one piece of strip. You cannot making attack on the Golan Heights in Lebanon without taking on account what is happening you on the on front command. By the way, it's quite ironic because as we talked about uh, the artillery, um, for some reason being considered secondary in Israel for the Arabs or perhaps now the Iranians, long-range artillery, that is missiles and rockets, this is the primary weapon against Israel. That has started on the first Gulf War, on the first missile that were launching from Iraq. When you see today, it's, I think, came on us like from a small house in the, in the field, you become a, a tower that is sitting around us and change the concept. And I think that in the mind of the decision makers, whether on, on the one end the political, the other end the military, you cannot make offensive attack without combining the situation in the population area and on front. It's well, one by the way, By the way, why? Is it because infrastructure or Air Force bases could be hit and the adjacent uh, cities and villages uh, would also um, get whatever uh, damage there would be? Is it because it will hurt the uh, mobilization effort of the reserves? Or is it because the morale of the Israeli population is considered too fragile? I think, Amir, that you covered most of the main triangle sides of this issue. If I may choose, I think that the strength psychological of the civilian has a lot of impact about the country for giving the military wings the time and the patient to do what they need. We are not can be on the six day war anymore. We are in a different way. We want to short the, the clash or the operation, but on the other end, while you are sitting there and you feel that your population is in a weak psychological situation, the strength of the mood. And I adopted on my time the very simple sentence, my home is my shelter, that everyone not have to change his own. If you remember first Gulf War, people went from a place to place. We have to give the time to the decision makers to buy the wing of the military, but for it, for you need to build a strong one arena that connected from the civil part. Also the simple soldier, the soldier, the fighter in the battlefield, when he is thinking about his family, that he's sitting on the back and everything is closed, he would like to know that they get all the tools to feel a safe. And everything is connected. So I think that today the decision makers, military, for example, and even the political, in their mind, when they decided to attack airstrikes, 
maneuvering, are looking what's going in our back. Secondly, you mentioned strategical uh, elements, electricity, energy, economy, you cannot stop everything in the country. At the end, you are thinking that about the day after. So today, it's much more complicated to connect all these kind of parameters and to decide. And if you ask me, a strong army starts with a strong back from the population. So maybe one of the devices uh, the Home Front Command and the IDF in general should use is an exercise, a simulation, in which the um, uh, civilian population will be told, okay, uh, today is Sunday, for the next week or two, we are going to undergo an exercise, and you have to uh, be sure that for the first five, six, eight days, we are not going to um, achieve a victory on the uh, front, on the battlefield. So people would be used when, when real missiles hit their cities, they will know from this exercise what is uh, to be expected. I mean, unfortunately, some of the things that you said, we are facing it on the reality. For example, in a small scenario by Hamas from Gaza, and what we, we also faced on the uh, 2006 in the Second Lebanon War. I think that the, what can be explained and uh, learned to the population on daily life will be the best way on a lot of time. So if you ask me today, for example, when a child in the school is one day in about few months is uh, training to go immediately in Tel Aviv or in uh, the road city around Gaza or in Kriyat Shmona to in the north to the shelter. It's one kind of those kind of uh, symptoms that you said. We have to build such a big organization that be based on reserve that all the headquarters around the neighborhoods and the municipalities are the best. What will work in the regular day, it will uh, serve you in a large day. I'm not believing if you are changing 160 degrees, something in a large time, you will have a lot of problems. But General Dangot, uh, can you rely on the resilience of the Israeli population or uh, should people be concerned that uh, they will be impatient and the operational plans will have to be changed accordingly? I, I, I lie on the population, on the major part of the population, and I think that what IDF is building today, its main power, uh, we are the best Air Force, 1,500 kilometer radius around us. You have to be with the best uh, accurate kind of fire activities because at the end, the answer is coming with your power. Your power is first is the deterrence towards the enemy, enemy. And secondly, it will be what will used in order to win a battlefield, especially when the enemy has changed. General the, mid, the middle last sentence, the Middle East, and you are has a lot of knowledge, I'm sending with appreciation. We're coming back to the time of sex picot agreements. Everything is so we, we will have enough time not to not stabilize you. General Dangot, we will have enough time to expand on it. We will be back for a second uh, 
conversation with Major General Retired Eitan Dangot. For the time being, this is Watchmen Talk. Thank you from Jerusalem. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media. 